Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats. If it is a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show, we are recording inside Rupp Arena. Kentucky just defeated Monmouth with by their most impressive margin of the season. We are going to discuss that and everything that happened in the game and what John Calipari and the players had to say after the game. And then we'll wrap with a little bit of football talk. There was some news in the bluegrass today up the interstate from Lexington. But we'll start with the game, Kyle. Um, Kentucky wins 92-44. Impressive on both offensive and defensive end. Uh, really, really good things you saw from a lot of different guys. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to nitpick here. This is what you – first of all, let's just start off and say it was Monmouth. They were winless coming in. They well, were wait still a minute, winless. Wait a minute. Wait yeah. a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Calipari yesterday <laughs> said, you say winless. And then he tried to redefine winless by talking about games that they were sort of close in for maybe a few minutes. Um, they were down only five at halftime against West Virginia. And according to Cal, I haven't looked this up in the play-by-play, only ten points with a few minutes to go. So – Kentucky beat them 90-44, to uh, biggest gap they've had all season. Mm-hmm. Uh, most made three-pointers all season, 10 out of 24. Best free-throw shooting night of the season, 20 of 23. They're now shooting over 75% for the season, and which would be by far the best of, a, of the, the John Calipari era. Uh, Monmouth had f- four assists and 16 turnovers. That's a great ratio defensively and shot just two for 16 from three, and that's a significant one. I had a piece up on The Athletic today, uh, or as we're recording this uh, on Wednesday, um, kind of a deep look at all the made threes from VMI and Winthrop last week and what's gone wrong, what went wrong in each one of them, Mm -hmm. what's been some of the issues for them, um, and they've clearly been working on some of those issues. Calipari instituted tonight – a new statistic for them called sounds like it's volleyball kills three straight stops as a kill uh he basically told guys if if you get start getting kills you'll stay on the floor he's he's dangling the the playing time carrot which tyler hero said i don't like to sit on the bench so it's pretty effective yeah he had five steals tonight it's the second time this season tyler hero's had five steals in a game um (coughs) excuse me and the other thing in addition to uh the kills they put in a new transition defense drill about three days ago. Tony Barbie suggested it, saying that was one of the places they were getting hurt. And if you read that uh, breakdown I have on The Athletic, one of the ways that Winthrop was killing them was having a, a trailing big man, mm-hmm. and they were not getting back fast enough, or they were sagging back. Uh, the big man would sag back in the lane, and the other team's um, you know, six-foot-eight center would pull up at the top of the key and shoot a three. So they started that. Tyler Hill mentioned that that drill alone – made them realize how bad they needed it because they all sucked at it for the first two I, games. I, I liked Quade's version of that story. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was bad. Um, so all three of the guys we got to talk to after the game, Quade Green, Ashton Higgins, and Tyler Hero, all talked about how motivating the kills are and the idea that if you get them, you get to stay on the floor. And they all also talked about how much they needed to do that transition defense drill. They needed to, to work on that. And so it's my takeaway is – Cal is taking this defensive thing very yeah. seriously, and he's, you know, he's not standing pat. He's saying, "Okay, here's where we're broken. Let's fix it." Uh, and I think that's that's good. I also liked, and I don't even know if you picked up on this, Kyle, the fact that he 
kind of defended Tony Barbie because there had been some chatter about maybe. Yeah, that was a subtle way to do it. Because he said, you know, Tony Barbie instituted this transition defensive drill, and that's why I love to have experienced coaches on my staff. They're able to help us in these situations and come up with things like that. And he basically gave all the credit to him. So Calipari has the back of his guys. Uh, Tyler Hero, that was the other thing that Cal kind of mentioned, was the fact that. And I guess you, you asked him about Tyler Hero's defense because he said in the preseason that he was a – Calipari was surprised at how good of a defender he was. Yep. And then Cal today talked about his anticipatory defense. Yeah. Let me, let me pull – I tweeted the, the three things. Um, Cal said uh, – well, where is it? It's he on said to have defensive confidence, one, you got to talk, two, you have to anticipate, and three, you have to trust your teammates to have your back if you go make a play – which is you know, the idea of help the helper. And we've talked a bunch – we talked about this, some of this yesterday. Um, but, yeah, he said one of the things that Tyler really has is that in anticipation. And all his steals are really are, – are almost all of his steals are really of the same uh, nature. They are jumping into passing lanes, anticipating, and, and basically, you know, the football term I've used, the pick six, you know, to jump in front of a pass and just take off running the other way, layups or getting shots for teammates. Um, and that's a thing that a lot of these guys need, you know, need to, to work on, to be thinking about more than just, you know, when the guy that I'm defending has the ball, I'm going to get it in front of him. Anticipate, think moves ahead. And apparently Tyler's very good at that. Two, two five-steal games already. He's, I think, got a 12, excuse me, 12 steals on the season, which puts him right around the pace of uh, where Shea Gilgis-Alexander was last year. And he finished with the third most steals of any uh, U.K. freshman, so – um, I think by now we can say that Tyler Hero has established that he's he is what he wants to wants people to know. He is more than just a shooter, and he had a good offensive night. And he said he developed some confidence by doing those other things. You free your mind up a little bit when you're playing well defensively. He ended up with 16 points, eight rebounds, five steals, hit six of ten shots, uh, hit a couple of threes. Quade Green hit four out of seven threes. He was really good shooting the ball tonight. Um, there's really, I mean, in a 90-44 to 44 win, there's not much bad that happened. Yeah, and uh, the most impressive kind of series in my estimation was where Tyler Hero basically was part of an 11, every score on an 11-0 run. He had eight straight by himself, two threes and then another bucket. And then on the next play down the court, when uh, you wouldn't blame a guy for heat checking, he draws two guys and then passes it out to Quade, and Quade knocks down the three. And he, and he said to us after the game that he thinks Quade is just as good of a shooter as he is. And, I mean, that kind of shows I think, it. I think that's probably right. Yeah, Quade's a great shooter, and he, he's finally shown it. And that, that was the other thing that, you know, Cal kind of said after the game is that, uh, you know, we're finally showing how good a shooting team we are. And he then he, and he called said, out. Best, best. He has been saying one of my best. And tonight he said, this yeah. is my best three-point shooting team. And he called out, uh, if you want to slight quickly. Yeah, he said, Emmanuel, quickly, you're making 60 shots yeah. in the drills that we do. And said, you're not. Come on, Emmanuel, come on. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, though. They need him to make those open shots because he's getting some. Yeah, he's getting um, a lot of them. And he was 0 for 2 tonight. Um He's a guy who can make threes. He 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 won the McDonald three point shooting contest. We saw him win the um, uh, three point contest with his teammates in the big in the blue white or the big blue madness yeah. night. I mean, he can shoot threes. He he shot around forty some percent in high school uh, for whatever reason. I mean, one of them tonight he just never even got set. It was just looked bad from the start. 
He's but currently if they, if they get him making threes. I think they're gonna. They are gonna be a really good shooting team. He's currently shooting twenty five percent from behind. As is Keldon Johnson. No, Keldon Johnson's shooting twenty seven point eight percent. Oh, he made one. Yeah, in your eye. It was four of seventeen at one point. Kyle was talking trash on Twitter about how Keldon Johnson does so many things great. But he isn't but the three great. point shooting ain't one of them. And, and then, then about he made one. five minutes later, and he had a swish. good game tonight. He had fifteen points, uh, three rebounds, two assists. He had a crazy dunk. Yeah, he had a couple of NBA moves. One was just ridiculous. The hop step where he went basically bouncing through the lane. Uh, the two footed, I guess, what do you call that? The jump step. The Euro? Uh, Not, but it wasn't uh, a Euro. It wasn't a Euro. No, it wasn't a Euro. Tyler Hero had a couple beautiful yeah, a, uh, Euro steps in, in transition. Yeah, Tyler Hero rolls. was like Iceland, Sweden, layup. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. That's exactly what Germany, it was. Italy, layup. <laughs> Euro step, guys. Get all it. right. <laughs> He'll be here all week at Bananas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bananas <laughs> Comedy Club. All week called the Locked On Podcast Network. Coming up next, we're going to give you a quick injury update, kind of. And then we'll also mention uh, Nick Richards because Calipari had some interesting comments on him as well. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. So I asked John Calipari for an update on uh, Jamal Baker, and he basically said, I go to the sheet every day, and uh, it says he's not available, and so then I don't play him. Yeah, that was pretty much it. He said uh, Baker told him his knee was feeling better, so someday soon he'll pick up the sheet and he'll say full participation, but right now it says out. That is a little Um, weird. Yeah, it's starting to take on a little Jared Vanderbilt-type feel Mm -hmm. where, you know, because he's coming out in the uniform and warming up with the team every night, the same as Jared Vanderbilt last year, where it got to a point where Cal's saying, well, whenever he's ready, he'll let me know. Uh, one of those deals where it sounds like it's on the player to say, I want to play. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. He looks great shooting the ball when he comes out and warms up. He hits about everything. Even though there's no defense. Yes, even though there's no defense. Shout out Jeff Goodman. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, I was trying to remember <laughs> which troll said that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's – I don't know. Yes. I think if, the, if you add that guy as, like, a luxury piece – to a team that I think is going to shoot it really well, that's, you know, I think they could use him. Because yeah. on a night where a bunch of the other guards aren't hitting, I think he's a really reliable three-point shooter. I think he is. I mean, I think you could stick him in a corner and run plays to get him open, and he's going to make a couple threes. I mean, if you're one of those nights where you're 0 for 9, put that kid in the game. Um, remains to be seen what else he could do, but – Hell, I think he could do that on one good leg. Yeah, it seems like I mean, he's able to do it. I mean, yeah. heck, he was last year when he was coming when he was injured. He's shooting left-handed threes because he was getting so bored making all the other threes in the way he normally shoots it. So he's an, he's an impressive shooter. Before we get to the Nick Richards, we we do need to mention Ashton Haggins, who had another great night. And the the point I wanted to bring up with him, he had seven points, hit a three pointer. Yeah, which is not his thing. Uh, three assists and a steal. Um, but Calipari mentioned that they randomized the offense, basically. And the way he kind of described that is he, they just play. It's like kind of pickup-ish where he's just driving and creating, and it's not sets. And he, he, he says that you know he thrives in that, that setting, and you can kind of see that when, you, when he's out on the floor doing that stuff. Yeah, and as much as anything, you know, 
his defense is is why he's in the game. And Cal mentioned that maybe he needs to be in there more because I I think he was referring to Cal. I mean, to quickly when he said yeah. a guy gave up like three straight straight line drives. I'd have to go back and watch that. I started tuning out in that second half. Um, but I know that I think Quade, as we talked to him, mentioned uh, there was like an eight-minute stretch where yeah. where uh, a group played together for eight straight minutes, and it was when Ashton came in the game in the second half, and they were just getting stop after stop. Um, you know, and Cal said maybe that means Ashton needs to play more. Um, he mentioned yesterday, as we record this on Wednesday night, so he said Tuesday, the day before the game, um, that Hagens is everything as he was advertised to be as a defender on the ball. You know, he's that he's great. And, and Tyler Hero told you and I tonight, I think he's the best on ball defender yeah. in the country. Um, you know, I Kyle Mann is a guy that we've referenced before who follows Kentucky and is a um, at the is, dime drop. Yep. Or Jay Kyle, Jay, Jay Kyle Mann. I think he'd prefer you to follow his uh, his yeah, account dime drop where he breaks That's down his, stuff. Yeah. And he's got a, got a YouTube channel. Really smart basketball guy. He's uh, he's done some work for the Ringer, breaking down NBA uh, players. Super smart basketball dude and guy who pays attention to Kentucky. So I I really enjoy sort of talking to him and picking his brain. And he and I were uh, kind of fell in love with Ashton Hagen's defense, watching him in the Bahamas, and I'd seen him some in high school. I mean, I think we both kind of agreed. I, I think Kyle said to me early on, like he looks like the best on-ball defender maybe Kyle's ever brought to Kentucky. Obviously, a huge compliment. So you go, well, why doesn't he play all the time, and why does he? Why do they get beat sometimes when he's on the floor? Calipari mentioned too. While he's as good as advertised on the ball, he's as lost as everybody else off the ball. And he said tonight, I asked Ashton, why? Like, why? Why is that? What's different off the ball? And he said, Well, on the ball, all I got to do is lock my man <laughs> down. Like, decide he's not going to score, and he's not going to score. Um, off the ball, he, you know, he doesn't maybe know all his responsibilities. He, he said he's, you know, not thinking about how to help his teammates. Like, he's just trying to keep an eye on his guy. Yeah. And he's not thinking about helping teammates, and that's where that you know, help the helper comes in. You know, maybe he's the guy in some of those situations where somebody leaves their man to make a play, and Ashton's the one who should be going and then taking the other guy's man, and he's leaving somebody standing all alone. I You know, I haven't zeroed in on him specifically on studying some of the film, but – Obviously, he's got to make some strides. That said, I mean, Cal Perry even yesterday said there may be times where I'm just going to stick him out yeah. there when we need somebody shut down and say shut him down. Um, and when you project this team, what they can be, collectively they're going to get so much better defensively. But also having a guy like Ashton Hagens, who may, may not ever even be your starting point guard this season as a weapon – you know, a specialized weapon you can deploy off the bench in a game where somebody's just getting theirs and he and he can go shut them down is pretty big. And I think he's going to – we're going to see some games where it, maybe if you're just looking at the stat sheet, you don't know, but if you're paying attention to the actual game, you're going to go, oh, my God, Ashton Higgins changed that game. Um, I think he can be that good. Nick Richards only played nine minutes tonight. He didn't come in until, I think, like less than four minutes. Three or four minutes to in the go first in the half, first and then, half. And then, you know, he had a good little flurry, too. He, he, he had a crazy putback dunk. He took a charge. Uh, he Flopped. blocked two shots and, and then made a couple free throws. And Quade thought he was nine foot tall. Quade threw a lob <laughs> over his head or he had another one. Had a good little stretch, but then he had like 
three fouls in six minutes. Yeah. Um, and Cal was pretty straightforward. Asked, he was asked about Nick. Did you ask him? I can't remember. No, John Hale asked yeah. him. And then, and then we found out tonight that John Calipari knows who John Hale he knows is. Knows John's name because he, he called <laughs> him out for not paying attention. Because uh, he goes, John, what did I do in the second half? Were you even watching? <laughs> and I like, I really wish John had said I was watching Netflix because the game was awful. <laughs> I mean, Eat it, Cal. You're up thirty. No, I wasn't. But um, I was trying to get some Jeff Brom stuff up on the CJ. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but Cal said of, of Nick Richards, he's behind the other three. Yep. And Cal, I mean, I tried to shout without the microphone and call him out on this, but he said, I mean, I only played three big guys in the Bahamas. Well, one of them was injured. So, like, that, you know, what are you talking about? EJ Montgomery was injured. <laughs> I only played – he was injured. I yelled that out. I don't think he heard it, but – uh his point was, I'd prefer to just play with three big guys yeah. and somebody let somebody be the odd man out, and that may change over the course of the season, and you've got some competition there. I think one of the reasons he was so surprised by what happened in the Duke game and some of the early struggles is he thought – I think maybe his, his flaw was that he didn't wield this enough, this power enough. He thought all this competition was going to make sure no one let down. But I, I don't think it – worked that way but now he goes okay i got nine guys who can play who can play and a you know two guys for every position for the most part i'm gonna start wielding this playing time as power yep and i'm gonna get out of these guys what i want or they're not gonna play and he's been sending that message pretty loud lately and nick richards i mean if you're nick richards i don't know how you don't get that message you went it's from the starting lineup to sitting the first 17 minutes of a game yep it's pretty clear that that's all you need to know about what Cal thinks about the way you're playing. And yep. then he comes in, and the first two minutes, he's a whirlwind of energy and activity. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was a coincidence either. Nope. Um, and so he said he's behind the other three, and so there's going to be an odd man out. I'm going to probably play three big guys, and there's going to be an odd man out. I think Cal's going to shorten his rotation. It, it, it ha- <clears throat> excuse me. Has shortened his rotation. I think he's going to play eight guys for the most part. Well, we and can. that pushes that pushes somebody to get it together. We'll speculate that on uh, going forward. Coming up next, we are going to talk some football. But first, I do want to tell you guys real quick about Sling TV. You don't want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. If you're stuck on press row watching some boring 30-point blowout, you can open your Sling TV app and check out another basketball game that's going on across the country, like UNC getting housed, right? By 17. Michigan beat them by 17, led by former Kentucky Wildcat Charles Matthews, who I think had like 22 and 7 and a couple crazy dunks. Played gravy. Played really good defense. I mean, he might end up being one of the all-time like what-if stories for, for, for Cal, be it guys who left a year before they should have or transferred. He's a really good college player. If you want to check out... Charles Matthews, you can watch on Sling TV. 30 bucks a month gets you ESPN, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and a bunch more. Stream on your big screen and all your favorite devices. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. No useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel anytime. And right now, Locked On listeners can get a 7-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 
Kentucky football news of the day. One, Josh Allen was named to the uh, Charlie. What's the Player of the Year award? I already forgot it. I don't know, man. Not the Heisman one. It's the other one. Uh, the Walter Camp. Walter Camp. I knew it was like Camp something. Walter Camp Player of the Year. It was him and, and four quarterbacks. Four quarterbacks. Really impressive overall. That makes me wonder. I mean, we mentioned the Heisman thing the other day. Like, that really makes me wonder. Could he? I don't know if he'll get invited. They lately there haven't even been five guys that get yeah, invited. They, but it's normally. Does he, it's, does he get on the? You know, does he in the final voting? Is he? Does his name show up in the top six or seven? Maybe. It is one of those deals where they kind of like cut it off when there's a natural break, the way I understand it, like in voting. But yeah, if, if there's a huge gap between third and fourth, they, they just, just do the take three. The top three. But it was Will Greer, Greer of West Virginia, uh, Gardner Minshew with his beautiful mustache of Washington State, Kyler Murray of Oklahoma, and Tua Tungavailoa of so Alabama. Probably four guys that are going to, at least three of those guys will be in New York. Yeah, for the no Heisman question. ceremony, and maybe all four because I think that Minshew gets a lot of. A lot of credit. He had a monster season. Yes. Yeah, By the way, uh, three of those guys, or no, not three of them. Yeah, I think three of those guys at one point were uh, Ben Ben Jones, who used to cover Kentucky, tweeted this out that like three of the top quarterbacks in the country, including two, were all were committed to Alabama at one point. Minshew was committed to Alabama. At one Holy point. cow! I forget who the other one was. There was another like superstar quarterback in this crop. They could have all been there at the same time. Anyway. And now they got Mac Jones. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so not only is he the only defensive player, he's the only non-quarterback on the list, which is just super impressive. And I think we can all agree, seeing him up close, <laughs> that, uh, you know, he should be in that kind of shortcoming. And even, like, he's getting love from national guys like Tony Barnhart, who said, glad to see Josh Allen on this list. A great story, just a dominating football player. Had one scholarship offer, Monmouth, before he came to on Kentucky's radar. And dang it, Kyle, they didn't listen to me again. You, yeah. Hey, you, UK marketing department, UK athletics marketing department, you just need to hire me or just give me some like commission, <laughs> like a, you know, uh, make you a, put you on put you on a contract. Yeah, like retainer, the idea contract, just ideas, and I'll pitch you an idea because I said today that, and I actually said it two nights ago to Dick Gabriel um, before we went on air on our local show that. They should have. They should do the why, and it should come out, and it should be Josh Allen, and they should introduce him, former Monmouth football recruit Josh Allen, and then everybody goes crazy. Yep. Speaking of uh, Monmouth connections, Carl Anthony Towns' parents were here tonight. Yep. Big Carl. Uh, Big Carl uh, was uh, played at Monmouth, so I guess yeah, that's he's the, the leading rebounder. Yeah, this is the Carl Towns Classic. Did you not know that? No, I that's didn't. what I was calling it last year at uh, in in the Garden. Yeah, I, I you weren't at the Garden. That. I wasn't. I forgot that, but they made the they made the trip uh, all the way from Jersey to uh, to were, see their son's alma mater play their the father's alma mater, and they were wearing um, T wolves. Oh, were they wearing T wolves? Dad had a hat, but Mom I think was wearing all T wolves gear, and I think Dad had T wolves. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns has gotten his head back together since Jimmy Butler left town. Yeah, but he's on fighting tabloids online about his girlfriends. Oh, really? Yeah. If you want to just go check out Carl Towns' timeline, he's like, "This is not true," because well, there was like a bunch of drama. I think it's got to be better than what Dwight Howard's going through. I don't know. It's really uh, hard to search it. All right. Well, we'll wrap. It's uh. It's unseemly. We'll wrap by just mentioning, and this is obviously something we'll get into a little bit more when it becomes 
definitive on who Louisville hires, but Jeff Rom stays at Purdue. Are you surprised? A little bit, but uh, the thing I'm least surprised about is the meltdown from the Louisville fan base, which has been uh, complete enough that they've shut down a Jeff Brom's high school in Louisville, Trinity, over a threat, apparently, <laughs> to the school because of him not going home to Louisville. Um, it's pretty crazy that uh, that he – I mean, a guy who is from Louisville, mm-hmm. went to high school in Louisville, has yep. family and friends in Louisville, played at Louisville, coached at Louisville, um, said no to Louisville to go to and and for Purdue. I he mean, got, he got, you know, but he did get six million. dollars. He got a huge, yeah. I mean, six million dollars. That is amazing that they were that Purdue football is paying that top money. ten in the good country. For, I mean, good for him, and he deserves it. Uh, I mean, it's it's uh, from a Kentucky's perspective, it's huge because. That was the home run hire, and he was going to come in and make an immediate impact in recruiting the state, and especially in the city of Louisville. He was going to threaten the commitment of Wandale Robinson. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt, that was going to be a battle. Now, I don't think anybody else they could hire would do that. Like, I think Wandale Robinson is now safely Kentucky's for, to be signed. I think – the battleground over, you know, in the the handful of quality in-state recruits stays in Kentucky's favor. Yep. And in that city where they've made a new emphasis after a couple down years, uh, that's I mean that's a big deal for Kentucky that they didn't get him. Yep. I don't mm-hmm. think Mark Stoops wanted any part of having to face Jeff Brom's offense nope. every year, and I don't think he wanted to face him on the recruiting trail. Nope. And now they can still go get a good coach, but this fan base is going to be skeptical of them and disappointed because it's the second choice it's like the second choice by a mile yep no matter who they get uh and it's going to be a guy who's not going to be able to make the same splash with with recruits in the state and so uh that is a win 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 for kentucky and uh, you know for kentucky fans i think just the being able to see their uh, counterparts be miserable because I mean Louisville fans are completely melting, well, that was completely that, melting down on yeah, and there's a lot of examples in a lot of different burning of jerseys and just complete Brian Brahms jersey. Some Louisville fan was burning a Brahm jersey, two of them in his fireplace, but they were Brian Brahm, not Jeff Brahm, his brother, who should be like one of your all-time favorite players. He was a star. Yep. At Louisville, it's about the dumbest thing I could imagine. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the podcast. As mentioned, we will talk more about the Louisville coaching search and the impact on Kentucky football going forward. Uh, The next edition of the show, we are going to discuss in-depth Kentucky and Florida and comparing their football resumes and why Florida is higher. Um, Until then, be following along. You can file Kyle at Kyle. Tucker underscore A-T-H. Follow me at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. We announced last night a little contest we got going. I'm going to be giving away an autographed Darius Miller Championship 8x10. All you got to do is rate and review the podcast, screenshot it, and then tweet it at us, and you'll be entered. We'll be making that drawing next week. So get entered. Please review, please rate, and then most importantly, share it with somebody else who would enjoy this podcast. Um, Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you soon.
You are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. All right. 